Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at P. Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. So rookies who get a higher target share in their second season versus their rookie season tend to average higher statistics. That's not news, that just makes good sense. They average higher points per game, they average higher target share, they average higher numbers of volume and tend to be more efficient by and large. However, there is one respect where wide receivers who elevate in target share in their second season tend to average lower numbers than rookies who don't go on to average higher target shares or better target shares in their follow-up sophomore season, and that's in targets per route run. That is currently the stat being thrown around Twitter as the good sign that rookies are going to elevate in volume, and that seems to be diametrically opposed to what actually happens on average. I want to talk about why, I want to talk about what it means, and what I think of rookies going into their 2023 sophomore season next year. So let's do that. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn once. Yeah, so, uh, got in a Twitter fight, you know, as usual. Not really a fight, they're not fights. No one will fulfill my desire to actually be fought on Twitter, but I had a conversation. Um, and... My takeaway from it was that targets per route run, an efficiency stat measuring how often a player got targeted relative to how many routes they were running in their rookie season, is being used by and large as a litmus test for whether a player was good or bad at earning targets. And if a player was good at earning targets relative to their volume, that means that they only need more routes and therefore they will get more targets and that will lead to a higher target share. I fundamentally disagree, but that doesn't necessarily mean that having a higher targets per rep run is a bad thing. So, this is a solo podcast, if you haven't noticed. I didn't schedule a guest this week, partly because I just I wasn't into talking to anyone this week. I do have some lined up, but also I've really been digging into these numbers lately. I've been updating my season-long Patreon NFL database, and that gives me the ability to look back in time over a larger sample size than my weekly database was allowing me to do. And so I just thought we'd do a solo show. I hope that's okay with you. I hope it doesn't distract from the minute-per-mile average you're trying to hit right now. Although I realize that joke doesn't work unless you're running. And if you're driving, it might be dangerous. So forget that I said it. Anyway, yeah, rookies going into their sophomore season, so their second season, tend to average higher numbers. That's not unheard of. I recently wrote a lot of this up for DLF. And what I found, once again, is that rookies who go on to have fantasy-relevant seasons, even if their rookie season wasn't particularly fantasy-relevant, average around 14 to 17% target share in their rookie season. Now, the average itself is around 17%, but if you look at the distribution, the majority average around 14 to 17%, and the majority of the entire group that go on to have great seasons average over 14%. Not that there aren't exceptions. Chris Godwin, for example, averaged a 9% target share in his rookie season. That's not great, and doesn't fit the... to fit the norms. Again, there's always a reason to squint at wide receivers, but if we want to know what happens on average, they tend to fall into that category of between 14 and 17%. But a question I've had for a while and I've asked others and I've looked at it myself is, is having a 17% target share better than having a 14% target share? Is this an exponential thing, the more the better? It makes sense, right? But I honestly don't know that. Now, I've offered that caveat a number of times but I don't think it's ever really been noticed because no one really listens to the details and also because 
I didn't know how to stress it further than that. Is having a 15 points per game better than having a 14 points per game when both are well over the rookie average? I don't know that's necessarily true. There are way too many variables and factors going into what happens in an individual season to think that it works that magically, right? Once again, numbers aren't magic. Having a 14% target share is good enough. If a rookie's got a 13% target share, I'm not going to talk about how they're terrible unless they're being drafted well above a number of other players who did that or better in their rookie season, then I, I don't see a real reason to hammer down on these margins, especially when the distributions are fairly solid in that, again, the vast majority will be over 14%, but there are always exceptions, and there are exceptions for a variety of different reasons, and no matter how many excuses we come up for why Chris Gumbleton's bad, or why Rondon Moore hadn't played football for two years, it's always going to be narrative-based, and as long as it's adjusted for in value somewhat, I, I think it's relatively fair to just take a player you believe in more, whether it's because of their rookie profile, or what you saw on tape. I don't see a reason to treat thresholds as magical. But I do see a reason to, one, research, and two, accurately represent what actually happens on average. It seems like that's where we should start from, um, and I'm not sure that's where we're at. So, let's talk about routes. Rookies go on to have a higher target share in the second season, average a higher target share than the majority um, of wide receivers who have a rookie season in the NFL. If I go back to 2010, that's as far back as I have uh, snap data, for example, or even routes for out. You know, routes, my routes data now goes back to 2006, but I, why not just have snaps and routes? Um, for the sample size, the average rookie drafted within the first three rounds in their first season averages around 14%. The average of rookies who go on to have a higher target share and therefore are more likely to have more relevant fantasy football seasons actually average a slightly higher target share in their rookie season. So more is technically better. That fits the distribution and it makes sense. The one number I can find where that is not common is actually most efficiency stats. Now, just off the top, um, efficiency stats are never going to correlate or test with R-squared or any of the various other different statistical methods you want to use to test numbers well to anything. Efficiency stats don't correlate well because by their nature, because they're per stats, because they're measuring performance technically, although that word's dangerous I think in this context, um, they're always going to bounce up and down. There is a there is a wave-like nature to the way efficiency works. However, specifically looking at targets per route run, what I found is that the average rookie drafted within the first three rounds has around about a 19% targets per route run number. That means they're getting a target in 19% of the routes they run. But the average of the rookies who actually elevate in target share the following year is around 18%. Now, snap percentage works the opposite way, as does points per game and target share. So the average rookie draft in the first three rounds gets around a 66% snap share, and the average of rookies who go on to have a higher target share are 68%. So even though targets per route run isn't going to correlate, so it's wrong to dismiss it, it is important to note that targets per route run may be relevant, but it seems to be on average, that players who didn't get a target at a high rate or an above average rate on the routes they run are elevating in target share the following year more often, or they are slightly more likely to. But 
that's without context, that's looking at an average. So let's not get it twisted. Chris Godwin, for example, the one number name I've given so far, did average a relatively high targets per route run in his rookie season. So it was a positive indicator in that in that year for that player. But most players who average a low or a lower target share, but a higher targets per route run number, aren't averaging higher target shares or even elevated target shares the following year. So what's going on? I think the simple fact is that targets per route run isn't purely or entirely how well players are earning targets. I think our vocabulary is getting in the way here because that makes sense, right? If you're getting more targets per route you run, you are getting more targets, you are earning them more. But not really, because players get targets on a per route basis relative to how they're playing in their offense. That's what's going on here. The volume is predicting that the player is more involved in the offense and so more likely to get higher targets or a higher role or that second year volume bump, which is consistent across all positions, but specifically wide receiver. Wide receivers elevate in target share and volume in general, the largest amount and most consistently the most significant amount in their second season there are exceptions obviously players who are lower drafted tend to skirt this trend a little bit and also players that are injured or players that develop at a later age like a robert woods or even a uh, uh parker but second year is really the key to where you see the biggest and most consistently most significant target share jump and after that it's mostly marginal increases if you're looking at any group of wide receivers what i went and did is started looking at the percentage of routes a player was running but i got I had to get into a debate on whether I'm allowed to look at numbers no one else looks at. So let me go instead to snap share because, or snap percentage, because that is a number I can at least say other people have used so I don't have to get into that fight. And we can just use one straight off the top. Players who are averaging lower target shares average higher target per route run numbers relative to a good sample size. In other words, if you've got a rookie drafted in the first round entering his rookie season and has a lower snap percentage, they're more likely to have a higher targets per route run. On the opposite side, if a player drafted in the first round, so similar level of expe- similar levels of expectation of opportunity in their rookie season, um, has a higher target share, they're more likely to have a lower targets per route run. This is simply a way... Uh, that efficiency works in general. It is easier to be more efficient on a smaller sample. It is. You can you can throw a coin once and get ahead and, and look how efficient you are. But if you throw the coin 10 times, you are less likely to have 100% heads, right? Because in a smaller sample, if you get it right or you get a target, it is easier for that number to be disproportionately look more efficient. So it's relative to how much they're on the field. This is also relevant because a very small change in your presence on the field, this is something that um, at Ron Sasson, I put his name in the description, he's just a guy on Twitter, he's not a content creator, but he looked into route rate and pointed out that a small change in route rate is significantly more influential on how much a player's target share increases the following year because that's the bedrock of where opportunity comes from. If you're running even slightly higher percentages of routes, you are disproportionately more likely to have a drastic increase in your target share. So if a player has a drastically high route rate, which is a PFS stat, uh, which is routes by pass play, 
have play undefined because glossaries everywhere suck and then that has a disproportionately high effect on your target share rate you only have to be on the field or getting a route um on like one percent more of your uh, of your pass plays in order to have a disproportionately higher um target share the following season whereas changes in your targets per route run seem to be more drastically affected by how often you're on the field at all another way to narrativize this trying to explain what i think is going on if a player is operating on a 50 percent snap share or 50 to 60 percent snap share they're more likely to be deliberately being put on the field to run a route or to get a target predisposing them to have higher target per route run numbers that actually makes perfect logical sense once you stop seeing green number mean good. This number high, high good, it's efficiency. They were earning targets, that mean they good. That's basically the logic I think we've been operating with targets per route run before now. But just a, a small investigation into the way efficiency works in terms of opportunity versus actual product or actual targets should tell you that, and does tell me, that that number is relative to how often they're on the field at all. So, a rookie drafted in the exact same round who goes into their rookie season, if they're getting a lower snap share, they're more likely to be being brought on in specific situations. You can call them role players or, or, or gadget guys, I guess, but I think all of those times kind of malign them a little bit, and I don't think that's fair. But they're more likely to be brought on the field to do specific things, Thus, they have more targets when they're on the field and when they are running routes, they are more likely to get targets. And that's what's going on. You have a higher targets per route run, the less you're on the field, relatively, because you're being brought on more intentionally. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Not at all. And Tyreek Hill is a great example of a player who looks more schemed into his touches in his rookie season. Now that might be a terrible example because Tyreek Hill was a utility player in college. And so he was basically, the way I saw it, learning the wide receiver position when he came into the NFL. And I remember the open competition they had on in the preseason of him competing for his role. And even now, to this day, he has more of a diverse role, like a Debo Samuels, than most wide receivers do. And, and so that's a little bit of an unfair comparison, not to mention that he wasn't drafted in the first round. There are other examples of players having high targets per route run and going on to do better despite disappointing target share, such as Des Bryant, who is very much an outside, go-down, win-contested catches type player. But you're seeing a pattern of very specific types of players having higher targets per route run because they are on the field less and brought on specifically for, for the roles in which the team wants to engage in. Now, the, the red flag this year, using this way of seeing what actually happens on average, is Christian Watson. Christian Watson averaged, according to uh, PFS so far, a 24% targets per route run. That's significantly higher than average. Wide receivers in the top 12 and top 24, and just rookies in general, like I said before, will average lower numbers than Christian Watson was able to score this year. Interestingly enough, Drake London actually has a higher targets per route run, as does Chris Olave. But the hope is that Christian Watson's 12% target share per game or 17% target share if you just look at the season proper is actually underselling his future potential because he could 
get more targets if he got more routes because he's so efficient at getting targets per route. But I think that number is artificially inflated because he was only playing around 54% on average of the team's snaps this year. He was being brought on more often to get targets, and that's why he has a higher targets per route run than, say, Josh Stockson, George Pickens, who actually slightly below average in targets per route run. Traylon Burks um, also had a 21% target share target per route run, which is around about average. All right, I've run on a bit there, so let me back it up a bit more. If you're looking for the best player, if you're looking for a deciding factor between two rookies, you want the player who is getting more volume rather than more efficiency in general. There is some positive work in the efficiency area. Again, efficiency is never going to correlate well to higher target shares, but it doesn't mean doing well in something like targets per route run isn't positive. And it's pretty clear that Christian Watson's target share this year, combined with his yards per route run, mean he's not the average player being schemed into touches. He's not Tyreek Hill. He wasn't a utility player in college. He's also not the majority of players drafted in the first three rounds who have elevated targets per route run. Those tend to take on the forms um, of well, second and third round players, not first round players, with high, wide, and slot snaps. Now, Demarius Thomas, going all the way back to 2010, is another positive example. He had a terrible rookie year, all things considered. He had a 10% target share per game. He had like a 6.2 points per game. Both of those are below average and definitely negative, despite having one of the best college profiles to literally ever enter the NFL. He also had a 38% targets per route run. It is possible that that number is the only thing indicating that this player is capable of more outside of their college profile or watching the games. And while we're on the subject, it's worth noting that Christian Watson definitely worked his way into a higher role this season. He had over 20% of all team routes in a particular game since week 12. Johan Dotson, who also is somewhat sus through his uh, rookie season numbers, especially when you consider he only had 15.5% targets per route run, which is below average and the number we're talking about, so why not? Um, tended to already be there. In the first two weeks, two, three weeks of the season, he was already getting the similar levels of opportunity, and he actually finishes the season with 75% snap share. More positive, more comparable to past players who elevate in volume. But Christian Watson, on the other hand, worked his way into that level of target share. And that's fair. That's fair. His role changed as he learned in the offense. It's a little unfair to judge him. But if we're comparing apples to apples, Johan Dotson actually compares better to most players who go on to elevate better because he had more volume when you dig down to the raw roots and routes and snaps basis. Johan Dotson averaged 75% target share and 18% of all routes run by that team, whereas Christian Watson averaged a 54% target share and only 12% per game of routes run for that team in 2022. By and large, when looking for players who might be underrated based on their rookie performance and where they are in ADP, are much more likely to lean volume. That's both true in raw target share as well as route percentage um, or overall snap percentage too. The two most highest correlated variables, if we're looking for correlation to target share the following season, is target share and snap share. I have a sophomore model I've spoken about before, which actually correlates to target share and points per game at a slightly higher rate. But even within that model, I go looking for things it might be getting wrong because there are some things that it gets wrong 
fairly commonly because nothing's perfect and it in no way accounts for all possible contexts to try and find edges that might be overrated in the market. I don't think looking at targets per outrun is the key way of doing that, especially since Demarius Thomas, Chris Godwin, even Tyree Kill. If we look at the exceptions where targets per outrun may have indicated there was more potential, they have low target shares. Now, for a start, he's one of the highest ranked rookies in keep trade cut and in DLF ADP on the board right now. And when you go looking and comparing to players who do that, they actually average more volume than the average target sh- targets per route run. Not that many great rookies don't average good targets or above average targets per route run numbers, but those who have slightly lower target shares or slightly lower points per game numbers still have relatively high target share and actually have elevated snap percentage or percentage of the team's total routes per game and um, I have to say it that way because people got mad because that's not route percentage as PFF calculates it, but it's the number I was interested in looking in. So that's the way I look. Based on where they are on Keep Trade Cut and in DLF ADP, I think there are three players who are clearly established as the most likely to have the most great in fantasy seasons moving forward. There's Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. I don't think there's much debate there. While there could be a red herring in there, because there can always be red herrings, even when every player, when a player hits every threshold or every average, I don't see any reasons to really be concerned outside of judging the context of the season and how the team's going to work and whether the quarterback... That's the second part. We're already past whether they're good and whether they've elevated. Then we've got a tier of players, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, and Wondell Robinson, rather interestingly, but he has a surprisingly high ADP when I went and looked it up. That's a tier of people, players that people are squinting at trying to see who's missing what. Within that tier, I'm much more likely to look at the percentage of total team routes ran for that team on a per-game basis, or even just snap share. Now, right now, that actually leads to George Pickens. He averaged the highest snap share of their group, 77%, and 21.9% of the team's overall routes per game. That's impressive. He only converted his routes into targets 14% of the time, so 14% targets per route run number. But like I said, I would expect players who are more likely to elevate in volume the following season to have lower targets per route run numbers and higher on the field numbers. And that's kind of what he did. Now, the problem with that is he's actually drafted above Dotson and um, Burks and Wondell Robinson right now. So he's the hardest to trade for. And all of these players have warts. With Jahan Dotson and George Pickens, it's the targets per route run number. You would rather that be better than 14 and 15%, which is remarkably above the average. Remember I said they do tend to average lower numbers, but it's not 15 and 14%. It's usually around 16% which is slightly disquieting. When you look at Traylon Burks, a guy I'm probably most likely to trade for because he's drafted below the other two. I was higher on him in college. He has a higher target share per game in general at 16.3. He nearly ekes out of this category and moves up into the Drake London category, even through his rookie season, just looking at target share. He only had 15 uh, 56% snap share, which is concerning. He does get a fairly decent route percentage, as I'm calculating it, um, but it's still below average. The average is around 16%. He's around 167 But again, I'm happy not to squint at numbers. It's within range. But he's also drafted and ranked below George Pickens and Dotson and Watson right now. And again, I liked his college profile a lot more. 
Um, all those players, by the way, Watson, Dotson, and Pickens, and I do realize there's a good rhyme in there, they all miss time. Judge Pickens, uh, outside of George Pickens, Watson missed time, especially snaps in games because he was taken off the field fairly often. Um, so that means that we probably don't have a great sample of what he can do. Um, but Dotson missed five games right in the middle of the season, and Traylon Burke suffered with injuries as well. So I actually think they're relatively equal comparisons. I think Pickens actually looks better overall, but that targets per out number is supremely low. Burks is the next best, but he has a snap percentage problem, and, and he is lower valued. So I would probably target Burks most in trades, Pickens second, followed by Dotson, then Watson. Wando Robinson is interesting. He is ranked below all of them, but he's also got a similar problem in terms of value. All of these players are ranked around uh, Marcus Brown, DJ Moore, uh, Deontay Johnson, um, and other vets that have much higher confidence are at least going to hit their floors moving forward. And if I can get second round picks added to those, DJ Moore, Marcus Brown, Brandon Ayuk is in this range as well. I'm much more likely to do that with rookies who didn't clearly cross the threshold like Drake London, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who have none of these warts that we're talking about. Outside of that... I like Traylon Burks the most, especially based on the fact he's often easier to trade for than George Pickens. George Pickens second. Then Dotson and Watson kind of in a tier to themselves. It's kind of hard to choose. Watson's targets per route run number doesn't protect him from being unusual because he was used in such a specialized and and unique way compared to most players who go on to have elevated roles the following season. Dotson's got a problem because he wasn't able to do exactly that, acquire targets or earn targets at a relatively high rate. But again, I don't think that number is actually testing how well they earn targets. I think it's simply a product of he is a rookie. He underperformed in getting targets per route run, but the fact he was on the field 75% of snaps and has 18.3% of the team's overall routes run, I think that means he's already been heavily incorporated into that offense. And I really think it's fair to think that he profiles better compared to past players who go on to elevate in volume when you consider that he was competing with Curtis Samuel, who was a top 24 wide receiver for half the season, and Terry McLaurin, who we've seen be a top 24 wide receiver for multiple years and is the best wide receiver on that team. That's still not in question, um, no matter how much you might like having Jahan Dotson on your team. Overall, remember that the 5th, 6th, and 7th wide receivers from most wide receiver classes still consistently are fantasy relevant. They might not have the ultimate upside, they might not finish inside certain thresholds, but they will start games, they will have value, and they will do well for their NFL teams. None of this is to say Christian Watson is done. He's going to be fired next year. He's going to be another Laquan Trap. No, we are far outside the range of Terrence Marshall and Sky Moore, who's definitely in that category, and Laquan Treble. All of these players succeeded to have good seasons. But if you're looking for which one's more likely to be Elijah Moore or Gabe Davis, that's not fair because that this wasn't his sophomore season, um, or the future player who's going to elevate and target share and score points at a higher rate, I think it's in the order I just mentioned. I think it's interesting, though. I think there's generally, there's relatively few misunderstandings of what should be expected left anymore, but the ones that do exist are fairly consistent, and this is the first time I've found a new one. It's a new place people have found to believe that being efficient makes you better or more likely to get more. 
number go green when you conditionally format the cell therefore good more green in future and i just don't think it works that way especially relative to how much volume in terms of overall routes or snaps they had i think christian watson's elevated targets per route number just looks like a utility trap this player was brought on more specifically and was more likely to get targets when he was on the field in general and that's why he looks quote-unquote better in this number doesn't mean he's bad at doing that but it doesn't mean he's more likely to have an elevated target share year two i think he and dotson both are fairly similar uh, propositions uh, outside of their quarterback position obviously in terms of scoring fantasy points next year both definitely should do good things so if he's up there on your roster don't panic sell them but if you can trade them into one of those brandon Ayuk or deontay johnson or um even marcus brown with a plus i think because of their age I, I think you're getting really solid value there if you can add a first to any of these guys and go up to the tier where you don't have to concern yourself with whether they can be top 12 wide receivers if you can get an Armand ross st brown or a Jalen waddle and um, we're probably aiming too high here but yeah that that's ultimately the move i want to do and um, outside of that i'm happy to sidestep across to some of those middle career vets and that we can have much more confidence or at least going to have the floor and still do have the potential for ceiling somewhat um anyway i have talked too long on a solo podcast i found that really interesting obviously that's why i decided to talk about it anyway i really appreciate you checking it out if you did if you didn't you're not here to hear whatever i have to say so go jump off a bridge i guess i don't not really don't do that um really appreciate you thanks very much and i will talk to you again next week with guests. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.